Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Tom Dorian. Yes, sir. Hello, Tom Dorian. Hello, Deacon Jeff. And we have Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. Yep, Zig is here. That was kind of goofy, but that's all right. We're going to let that one go. We're gonna, Zig. <laughs> we are going to let that good. one go. Um, so, uh, you know what? We're glad to have Tom back. Oh, my gosh. He was in the Belly Dancing Dude Ranch thing. It was awesome. You should have been there. No. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I, well, we saw the pictures. We're, we're impressive. Very yeah, cool, man. We can't share those. Not everybody can do that. The internet because they're pretty ugly. There's some scary stuff there. That's all I'm saying. It's not bad. Yeah, you know, it's just kind of scary. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, all that aside, <laughs> you and a ten gallon hat and that little tutu. It's kind of <laughs> just doesn't go weird. together, does it? <laughs> it's kind of weird. So look, uh, <laughs> speaking of which, that isn't a bad transition. But uh, we're not really speaking about this. But you know what? This is a reading uh, coming up at mass. Mm-hmm. This weekend, and I thought, you know, we got to talk about this. This is one of the more difficult readings, I think, on the planet, and not because some people think uh, we can think of all these readings that might be tough, but this particular one is one I think that is just the greatest challenge for all of us. Is the gospel reading from Luke, the sixth chapter, starting at verse twenty-seven, and it's all about loving your enemies, and it's like. We talk a good game as Christians, mm-hmm. but I got to tell you, this is not something that's easy to do. Nope. Uh, even for those uh, seasoned Christians, the ones who've been doing it for quite some time, will all tell you that, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I love my enemies, but not that son of a gun over there. See that guy right there? I wouldn't even talk to that guy. You know, and, and, and we'll have, so we're going we're gonna to define some terms. We're going to define enemies. We're going to define love. We're going to define uh, all those things as it pertains to us, but I, I guess I want to read from uh, the Bible itself so we can we can hear what Jesus is telling us to do. Uh, and, uh, and, and I think if you stop and think, you're going to, or if you listen intently, you're going to realize, yeah, I can't do this. This is impossible. Mm-hmm. But let's, let's, let's start at verse 27 of chapter 6 in, in the Gospel of Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, To you who hear, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. To the person who strikes you on one cheek, offer the other one as well. And from the person who takes your cloak, do not withhold even your tunic. Give to everyone who asks of you, and from the one who takes what is yours, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. For if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do the same. If you lend money to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners and get back the same amount. But rather, love your enemies and do good to them, and lend expecting nothing back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, for he himself is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Stop judging and you will not be judged. Stop condemning and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give the gifts, give and gifts will be given to you. A good measure, packed together, shaken down and overflowing, will be poured into your lap. For the measure with which you measure will in return be measured out to you. Ooh, now this is a wow. long 
long, long reading. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, remember that Jerry Maguire thing you had me at hello or whatever. <laughs> the, you lost me at <laughs> love your enemies, you right? Know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is at the very beginning of this thing, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna contradict Jesus. I'm not gonna say he's wrong because I, I know he's right, right? I'm just I'm based on our scriptural teachings, on our church teachings, on you know, it, yeah, he's right on the money. This is what needs to be done. But I've got to admit, this is the one thing. I mean, he might as well throw in. Uh, you know, climb Mount Everest on nothing but the strength of eating one banana. You know, <laughs> you know, it's like, and, and and while you're at it, cure cancer. You know, it's like I, I just, it's like these are things that it's I would look at and go, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that we're always supposed to be working towards this, mm-hmm. but so I, I, you know, baby steps, right, is one mm-hmm. way to accomplish this. But I'll just let's define some terms. So, uh, you know. How some people get around this is how they define love, mm-hmm. right? Love your enemies, right? And so if you stop the reading there, love your enemies. Well, I, I love them all, you know, I love him as my, as my brother in Christ. You know, I, I'm forced to love that jerk, you know, <laughs> and, and the reality is that there's lots of people in our lives that make it hard to love them. Yeah. Yeah, you've had a few of those. Sam? I have a couple. Yeah, absolutely. It Who is, doesn't? Yeah, yeah. Well, you're not used. Probably no. You. Probably Ta- you. No, you're I a got, deacon. No, I got some. I got some. No, I don't believe that. Uh, there are people that I know that I that I am constantly challenged in terms of what I should do and how I should deal with. Because the thing is, what what it's nice when when it's really cut and dried, and there's a guy that walks up to you and he's got a hat on that says, "I hate you." Mm-hmm. And you go like he hates me, mm-hmm. right? So it's like I'm gonna love him, right? Right. But a person that truly hates you, a person that really dislikes you, that just everything about you, a person that is hard to love, your your true enemy, they're not just gonna come at you with a hat that says I hate you, right? They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna find ways to work against you. It's gonna be constantly pressing buttons on you mm-hmm. and make it virtually impossible. And so I think some people think that the the word love just means to tolerate. Mm-hmm. to accept, to agree to disagree, to separate oneself from that other person, and to uh, just to walk uh, on another sidewalk. I, mm. I agree with that to a degree. I think, I think we mix up the term love and like with each other. Well, right. Kind of, you can love somebody. You can, you can dislike somebody, but you yeah. can still love them. Don't you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I see what you're saying. So you're one of those people that just like uh, does the wrong thing, Tom. Because you, no, no, you no, don't no, no. I'm not doing the them. wrong thing. I mean, love, I pray for the person. I love the person, but I do it from afar. I'm not. I'm not with them because I don't like. Right. Them. So if you see what I'm saying, no, I, I do see what you're saying, and and I got to admit, it's not it's not far off the beaten path. It it is it is within the realm of possibility. But I'm I'm just saying it's a, a it's huge tough. challenge. Oh, it's huge. There's no doubt. And and I think that uh, the the reality is, if you understand love as it was meant to be understood by by Jesus and and. Uh, and taught by him in his action of dying for everyone, even the most wicked on the earth. Right. Then it's like love is is willing the good for the other. That's right. True. And receiving zero in return. And so it's not just like possibly even receiving persecution. I hope that jerk gets you know what he deserves. Well, okay, that's not really a love, and I'm not. You're not saying that. No. Um, but. It's like, are you really loving them if you're avoiding them? Right? Are you showing them love by not talking to them? 
are, are you showing them love by uh, being in a different room at a different time? And I have to admit, I, I, I'm not saying I have the answer to that. Right. Well, one thing that you said that I think bears uh, you know repeating here is uh, the thing about getting your buttons pressed because that's really tough when you've got somebody in your life who knows what your buttons are and is intending to press them and intending to get reactions out of you and that you're having to make the choice even after you might just have lost your temper. Right. You know, and you might have just lost your temper three days in a row Yeah. to not give up and not say, okay, this person presses my buttons, therefore they get to determine how I respond to them. No, you have to be able to step outside of that and say, even though this person knows how to press my buttons, and this person's going to keep pressing my buttons, and I'm trying to not have my buttons pressed by this person, right? I still need to find a way to love them anyway. Yeah, and that's hard. And, and, and the other thing is, you know, you fall into a trap with that, too, by the way. When they continue to press your buttons, and you continue to, in your mind, talk about how they're pressing your buttons, you may vent to your friend, whatever, now... Essentially, they own you, right? But you see what I'm saying? Right, right. And, and that can be a challenge because we give ourselves over sometimes to the, uh, uh, well, I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to continue to da-da-da. And, and, like, and you're like almost like trying to talk over them. Mm. Even if you're not talking to them, in your mind, as you're driving to your place of work where you hate the person in the cubicle next to you. You can't stand the, the the sound of their voice, and and they're always like eating those cheese crackers. You know, and you can hear the little papers <laughs> rattling as they open. You're going like, "Oh, that's great." And then you hear this like pause, and then you hear crunch, crunch, crunch. And and they chew each or those cheese crackers like 17 times, and you've counted them. So the problem so you with got that a beaver next to you, just munching slowly, <laughs> a mathematically uh, yes. astute beaver. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well, at least at least you know one that's very consistent, a consistent <laughs> yes. beaver. But but look, the the point in all this is what you've done though is you've allowed yourself to be you you, you enslaved, wow, right. and yeah. you're enslaved to the wrong person and the wrong thing. So to be enslaved to love is a, you take a whole different route. Mm. I don't know the answer, but it's not sitting there brooding over what they're doing in the cubicle and as you're driving on your way there in your mind if you're running through all these things that you would like to say but you're not ever going to say because you're a good person you're a christian and you're and you're going to love your enemy so i refuse to say this and i'm not going to say that and i'm not going to say this even though they deserve you start thinking about this and and what ends up happening it's not just simply loving see when jesus says love we can think of that as sort of a one-dimensional thing, which which we kind of water down to be okay with, or right. tolerate, or not pick on, or not return fire. But the reality is more to it. Yes, I mean, as Jesus, he goes into a lot of detail about what we should and shouldn't do. But we are no longer allowed to judge, mm-hmm. right? To condemn, right? And how many times have we someone who is an enemy of ours have we judged or condemned? I I just had an experience where. Something happened in the news where a particular person who has always been launching all this stuff that just is kind of anti-Catholic and anti-life and anti-this and all the things that, that the church teaches to be true and whatever, and, and then they sort of like got their comeuppance. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, the people that would normally side with this person have all kind of like eaten him alive. Mm-hmm. And, and I have to admit, uh, when I was talking to another person... I just, and my mind just started, and and I started to get this look on my face. They're like, are you happy? And I'm thinking, 
Okay, see, I just I'm now I'm happy that that person's getting their comeuppance. Yeah, Schadenfreude. Right. So what? Yeah. Well, I don't know what you just said, but it doesn't sound good. <laughs> I just you know rejoicing in the misery of others. See, that's the, Schadenfreude. That's the feeling you get is Schadenfreude. Yeah. yeah. I had Schadenfreude once, but a couple of pills, the doctor it went away. <laughs> and it was better after Schadenfreude. Uh, it was great with Jägermeister. <laughs> yes. Well, we'll try that sometime at the cafe. But but the point is, you know, so if I'm enjoying someone else receiving their just desserts, mm-hmm. have I judged? Have I condemned? Yeah. Right. And so that becomes problematic. So I have to stop myself. Find the nearest priest and say, hey, real quick, <laughs> you know, I need to have a confession heard, you know. And I don't want to be overscrupulous, but because we all have a lot of problem with that. But but what you're talking about is is dead on because using that moment to look inward as opposed to we can focus on the other person and them being a sinner. Or we can focus on the fact that, wait, we ourselves are sinners. Mm-hmm. Or like the other example that you said about a person who presses your buttons. If someone's pressing those buttons, what if we were to take into private prayer? Okay, Lord, I've got some sensitive spots in me. I've got these insecurities here. I've got these buttons. And I'm giving them to you. And I'm asking you to bring me healing and grace to transform those buttons so that they don't aren't going to be buttons anymore. So that I'm not going to be enslaved to the games of another, right? And and so it, that's part of the response is looking inward and using this as an opportunity to grow, and not letting it all be about mm. the time, the way in which we failed just then. Mm-hmm. But the longer view of how Christ is going to conquer us and conquer this relationship and conquer future moments. I am never going to like it when people chew ice. I don't care what happens. I don't care what you say. I'm going to pray for it. Sam, I'm going to try. Lord, take this button away from me. That or eat the Cheez-Its next <laughs> Those, to the Yeah, whatever. Little cheese crackers. All right. Well, look, we have lots of uh, stuff to talk about continuing on, on this uh, this path of loving your enemy. Uh, we're going to do that in a second. We're going to take a break first. Uh, before we take that break, I want to remind folks at home, we've got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, love to hear from you. Deacon Jeff at the Catholic Cafe. I can say this. Easy for you. The Catholic Cafe. Deacon Jeff at the Catholic Cafe.com. I got it out there. Uh, and then also, Sam, oh, yes. social media. Like us on Facebook and please share our posts, comment on our posts. And the uh, same for Twitter and Instagram. And don't chew ice. I'm Bess Drzemski. And this is another great moment in church history. Born in England in the late 7th century, a man named Winfrith felt called to the monastic life and joined the Benedictines at an early age. It was not long before he flourished in the faith and became recognized as a powerful conduit for the Holy Spirit to all those he encountered. Tradition tells us that the Pope himself changed Winforth's name to Boniface, a name that means good fortune. St. Boniface was very well thought of in the Catholic Church in England and would have most definitely excelled there, but he felt a burning desire to carry the gospel message to those who were not yet Christians. He focused his attention on continental Europe, where a colorful array of pagan religions was beginning to take root. With an evangelistic zeal, he crossed the seas and found himself settled in Germany, where he went to work straight away sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. 
One story is told of how St. Boniface had become so distressed by the pagan worship of trees in Germany that he decided to go to the public square and cut down a giant oak tree dedicated to the god Thor. The townspeople looked on in horror, fully expecting Thor to avenge the horrid deed and punish St. Boniface. But nothing happened. They became convinced that the God of St. Boniface, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, was the one true God. Many were converted to Christianity because of this one simple act on the part of St. Boniface. As St. Boniface entered his 80s, he resigned all his positions of leadership and once again went back to his roots of the simple missionary life. Though he was advanced in years, he was still a compelling force for the church. He converted many to Catholicism, but at the same time made his enemies all the more jealous of his successes for God. In 754, St. Boniface and 53 of his followers were murdered by a band of pagans determined to stop the continuing spread of Catholicism. Without any resistance whatsoever, they quietly laid down their lives for Christ and his church. St. Boniface was lovingly referred to as the Apostle of the Germans. Recalling the years that St. Boniface worked in Germany, a well-known German church historian stated, To us, this was a period of light, when the light of the gospel and of Christian civilization came to us. The feast day of St. Boniface is celebrated by the Universal Church on June 4th. I'm Bess Drozimski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff. Talking to Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. Yes, that's me. And your radio voice needs a little work. <laughs> Thank you. And, and of course, uh, we wouldn't be having a show unless it was Thomas P. 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 Dory, Dory, you know, Dory. I think I've got the solution for your uh, cubicle friend. What's that? I think you should bake them some checks mix. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. And you would have more fun listening to that person eat your checks. The crunch and that perfect. Deacon, yeah. Deacon Jeff, just for everyone, everyone in Radio Land has the most amazing recipe for Chex Mix. It is truly decadent. Sell it. Yeah, yeah, I gave a little baggie to Sam, and Sam scarfed it in about seventeen seconds, yeah. and and just uh, you know the the next day he showed up at the same place at the same time, thinking I would be there like a little kitten that was looking for a bowl of with milk a, with, with, a an with an empty baggie. <laughs> yeah, and his Can hands were a, shaking. Please, <laughs> so, uh, may I have some more? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so sorry. you think I should give them something? Yeah, that's yeah, love. that's hard. That's love. Now, by the way, that's uh, I'm not in the cubicle world anymore. So oh, I'm so digging into you. my past. Gotcha. Uh, and uh, and also, uh, you know, that, but we all have that kind Your of imagination experience, like whether it's uh, the people that sit in the pew in front of you at church. You're right. You know, I mean, we all we all have. Uh, think about where you go and what you do, and there's somebody you don't like. Right. Somebody you'd you'd prefer not to go through the checkout line from that person or what you know what I'm saying, and it's like you start to realize that it's just um, it can seem to be impossible to do this. Yep. Now I want to I, I want to remind folks about a couple of scriptures, and one of them uh, is one that we all know when it has the word impossible in it mm. that nothing is impossible for God, right? And you stop and think about it. So if it's impossible to love your, if you, you, well, God, you don't really know that guy. He just rubs me the wrong way and I just can't <laughs> deal with that. And it's like, I, I could hear God saying, I do know him. 
you know, and, and that I kind of thing. You. And I know you too, yeah, right. right? And so that can be, you know, sometimes we don't want the focus on ourselves in that regard because um, we're not really always open to to change. We want things on our terms. And so I think to some degree, if we realize that if we give ourselves over totally to God, mm. that nothing's impossible, mm-hmm. that miracles can happen. You know, it's interesting that you say that. I heard a deacon from our diocese give a talk on that particular line with, with uh, nothing is impossible for God. And specifically when that the, pointing out that that's the message that the angel Gabriel gave to Our Lady that prompted her moment of surrender, her fiat. Mm. Behold mm-hmm. the handmaid of the Lord, be it done to me according to thy word. And he's like, we skip over the fact that that's what Gabriel said and jump right to Our Lady's fiat. But we, let's sit with that for a second. If, if it's not the case that with God all things are possible, then how could we possibly give an unconditional surrender to him? It's because we have faith in mm-hmm. exactly what St. Gabriel said to Our Lady, mm-hmm. to our mother, that which, we can join her fiat. Which led, you know, fairly quickly to our salvation, right? The, yes. the, the <laughs> salvation was born into the world through her fiat. Yes. Yeah. And so that's pretty cool. And, and you know, you also can look at, in terms of how we define love and how love can actually um, be that which which heals. So where you might think it's impossible, the the reality is if we love like Jesus loved, Right, if we love a an on the cross for you kind of love, um, then we can do anything. I mean, anything can be accomplished through God. And so, if you if you're trying to forgive your neighbor, um, if you're trying to if you turn in the other cheek, and you're trying no longer to judge or to condemn, if you're trying to lend and not expect something in return, if you're if you're invite you know if you're uh, inviting somebody, expecting an invitation in return, that kind of thing. If you're if you're always looking for compensation, you realize that that's not true love. It's not the total self gift to the other, right? And that's what Jesus did on the cross. And exactly. And if we can look at what we do always from the perspective of the cross, yep. mm-hmm. if we're willing to be up on a cross and we're always it sounds wrong, but looking down on everything that we're doing, if we're looking out on, into the world from the cross as we're hanging there. It changes everything, yeah. And you realize, okay, I'm doing this, and I'm 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 giving my all. I'm giving everything that I am, right? And that's the way it should be in a marriage. That's the way it should be in a true uh, friendship, mm-hmm. and certainly that's the way it should be to God. That we give to Him everything that He gave to us. So if He gave to us His Son, total self gift, we have to give ourselves totally to Him, which means we have to surrender to Him. Yep. And the cross also is an altar and n- placing things on the altar intentionally and naming them, whatever they might be and within the context of our, the concrete realities in which this, this moment uh, is occurring. For example, like let's say there's somebody who you're waiting for a promotion for a job and you've really been working and playing by the rules and you really need this job promotion from, you know, your, in terms of your own personal financial need. And there's somebody in your office they are not playing by the rules. They are doing everything to jockey for position. Mm-hmm. They're playing games. They're sabotaging. You can see with your own eyes that they're not approaching it in a Christ-like way. And they're out to... They, you have a target on your back, and they're gunning for you. And they're probably going to get the job based on what they're doing. At that point, you, you place your desire for that job on the altar. 
and surrender it to Christ. Be like, you know what? I'm going to name the fact that I really want this promotion. Maybe I'll get it, maybe I won't. But I, I give that over on the altar and I give you permission to change my desire for that job and also help me change my disposition towards this person because it's getting in the way of my ability to love this person. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'll just say a fuller term or expression, the altar of sacrifice. Yes. It's called that for that purpose. You know, Christ's sacrifice for us, but certainly... When we put ourselves on the cross, when we put ourselves on the altar, and we offer ourselves, we offer our desires, our our dreams, our perfect home, our big fat wallet, uh, you know, our well, all these things that we think that we've earned or deserve or that we just desire from the depths of our hearts, you know, we come to find out that if we actually sacrifice those, we start to find out what actually truly rewards, right? Not those things. It becomes... Um, that that gift of love becomes its re- its own reward. Oh yes, and that's powerful. I I uh, you know I have a great um, uh, anecdote that concerns all this stuff. You know I do jujitsu. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait 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 that was Sam. <laughs> yes, I do jujitsu. So uh, tell us what you were telling us about the. Zero so experience with this. I've been starting to compete in tournaments, and you know we have guys on our team, including one of our instructors who wants to become a professional MMA fighter one day, and he's a, a purple belt, and he competes uh, on the jiu-jitsu circuit. And I have gotten into the habit of praying with people at these jiu-jitsu tournaments, and one time I was praying with the guys that I was about to compete against. I just Something was put on my heart that they're Christian, and I just felt led to ask them, hey, God's telling me that you're all Christian. Are you guys Christian? They said, yes. And I said, okay, well, let's pray. I feel led that we should all pray together. And so we did, and we, we prayed. Um, and, in fact, it's currently my picture on my, uh, my Facebook profile is us praying together before the match. Well, Joe, my uh, instructor, finds out about this. He was like, you were praying with the people that you were about to go up against? This is combat. You don't love your enemies. I said, J- Jesus told us to love our enemies. He goes, afterwards. Afterwards. <laughs> It's not always easy to do, is it? It's not always easy to do. So we're always going to run into those things. But the reality is, I think if we, if we want to truly love our enemy, we have to love ourselves, certainly. But we have to love the other for the will and the good of the other. And, and that means self-sacrifice. That means giving up uh, what we think we want and just turning it over to God and letting the Holy Spirit tell us what we really need. Yes. Amen. Right? And we just got it. That's the only way we're going to do it. And I'll tell you what. We can also do it if we just let our mama love us, mm, if we yeah. let Mary love us. And so let's, uh, let's ask for her intercession. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God pray, pray for, for us sinners, sinners now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.